ran a fan site on the internet. It's October 28th, 2009. And this is Idle Thumbs 49, and I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. And today we are joined by Max Schaefer of Runic Games, which Hello. is has just launched Torchlight, their new action RPG. Hello, everybody. Hey. Hey. Good to be here. Yeah. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate it. No problem. So, the game, as we're speaking to you, the game's about to come out. By the time people hear this, the game is out. Uh, you guys have been working on this for what, almost a year? Yeah, about 11 months in, uh, starting from scratch. So it's a, been a quick project. Yeah. God. How's it feel to be done? Or? Tiring. It's tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're very tired. <laughs> but no, it feels great. It's, it's really been a lot of fun making this game. Uh, probably the most fun we've had in our game careers and really happy this day has come. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, was it pretty down to the wire? I mean... Of course. Yeah, yeah everything yeah. was down to the wire. You know, little changes are being made until the exact last possible moment. And we scheduled actually from the beginning a week into the end of our schedule that like if any emergency happened, we'd be able to make a quick bug fix at the end during the end of the week. But we just used the entire thing up. We probably did 20 builds. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like, and you know, I, I obviously am only speaking from the perspective of someone who is, you know, I read some forums and websites and so on. It seems like the sort of hype curve and awareness curve of this game has has really, really increased very sharply towards the end. Like I, I see more people talking about this game in the last week than I think I did in the entire lead up. I mean, it all of a sudden, see, I mean, if there's live streams going on and people are, yeah, yeah, that's not meant as an insult. In no, no, it's <laughs> just, it's, no, it's, it's, like it's, 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 yeah, we're, we're very happy about that recent development actually ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily planned, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. The live streams are crazy. It's weird watching your game before it comes out on right. live streams on the internet. But right. It's been very cool. I'm very happy so far with the with the response. And I, I guess before we get any further, we should actually talk a little about what this is and who you are. Um, for those who don't already know, um, you were one of the founders of Condor, which became Blizzard North, yes. the company that made Diablo and Diablo 2, which... Uh, and the Lord of Destruction. And Lord of Destruction, of course. <laughs> um, the expansion to Diablo 2. Uh, at least in the case of, of Nick and, and myself probably spent more time on Diablo 2 than maybe any other game. Possibly yeah. all other games yeah. combined. <laughs> it's, probably. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would feel fairly... If you added Tetris in there, I'm pretty sure that would mm. be an accurate statement for me. Yeah. Um, so, you are responsible for a pretty pretty big chunk of my, my total... Video Life. game time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, that too. Uh, that, yeah, that's 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 me too. I'm, nice. I'm with you on that. One, so. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's somewhat comforting, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Torchlight is a game in that style. Yes. Uh, a style that, for whatever reason, um, is less prolific or than you'd think it would be. Maybe considering how how successful the Diablo games are. Sure. Sure. Um, why do you it's, think that is? Well, it's it's one of these things where it's easy to play and everything kind of just falls to your hand naturally, and uh, it's really hard to do that. You know, it, it's it, you'd think, well, it's easy to play; it must be easy to make, but it's kind of an inverse relationship. So it, you know, it, it's time consuming to make a good hack and slash RPG because you got to have that feel, you got to have a deep loot game, you got to have good animations. It's just a lot of work. There's no easy. It's not I mean, if we were only so clever as to make Tetris. You know, we could have yeah. done it in an afternoon. But, right. Yeah. Well, that's like <laughs> right. even further extreme of that, right? right. I mean, yeah. exactly. that game's even simpler to play and exactly. it probably requires an even higher sort of just spark of pure creativity where exactly. that game's nothing but the mechanic. Yeah. Um, we throw hard hours at it. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, on that note, you made this game in, what, 11 months? Yes. I mean, how? so that 
kind of flies in the face of what you just said. How does that work? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, we've been doing this since Diablo one. Sure. That's been a long time now. So we're really practiced. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we, we put a lot of those lessons to work and have really come to the conclusion that good tools makes good development. And I think we've done a really good job with Torchlight of making a tool set that makes the level guys happy, the animators happy, the particle guys happy, the quest makers happy. All, you know, it, it's, it's something that really makes it easy to make and pleasurable to make a game. And, uh, so we've kind of put, you know, all of our experience over the past 15 years into, into that. And, uh, we've got it down to a tidy 11 months now, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting, and I don't know how interesting this is to necessarily everyone, but you guys started with a, a an open source engine, right? The yeah. Ogre 3D. And it's virtually unmodified even to this day. Um, that's a, it's a graphics engine. I'll just throw polys on the screen, but it does it exceptionally well. Um, and it's been really, really good to work with. Uh, so we've just built a giant tool suite around that. And, um, and that's Torchlight. And yeah. it came out pretty good. I think Ogre got it's you know it's open source so it's got a community uh, helping sure. develop it and I think it kind of quietly got really good and no one really noticed. Yeah, sometimes. no, it's interesting. <laughs> I, I, that seems to happen sometimes. I mean, Unity kind of had a similar thing where all of a sudden everyone's talking about it now. But yeah. I mean, how did you, how did you guys? I don't know. That's I mean, had you worked with it before? Or what was the, I mean? No, we kind of just were looking about. You know, we wanted to get a, a head start and not we you know after flagship closed down we were left to start from scratch with no technology. And so we we're really just looking for something to give us a head start, shave some months off the project, and uh, you know looked at the various gaming packages and licenses, and kind of stumbled across Ogre. Uh, you know, this one chance. costs yeah. zero dollars. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> but yeah, it's the, the best zero dollars we've ever spent for nice. sure. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, worked really well. It's really compatible. You know, it's it, it's 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 made our lives a lot easier. That's all you're looking for. So. Yeah. Fair enough. And those tools will be made available to everybody. Right? Yes, the yeah. tools we've made, the tools we, we've made is, it's really one unified tool that does everything, is going to be very, very, very soon uh, up for download on your favorite download site. Uh, yeah, free, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this this is the whole tool set. It's not, we didn't dumb it down for the consumers. We didn't disable it so that people couldn't do things we did. It really is what we use every day wholesale we didn't really have time to change it much so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i saw it a little bit at pax and it's interesting you guys have sort of the visual scripting system it's sort of reminiscent of what unreal engine 3 has with kismet mm. yeah it's yeah very it's, nice it's really it, that's kind of it's made for some of the biggest gameplay differences i think from the diablo series is mm. we can really set up little events and you know spiders crawling out of cracks when you run into a room or goblins coming out of mine shafts you know it, it's really made a uh uh made for some neat gameplay differences and some cool encounters that you come across just using the the scripting system as well as all the quests and all the other things that happen secret doors and etc sure that'll be available obviously in the tool and people can make their own cool events and happenings right um so we uh we got a bunch of questions that we'll, we'll ask whenever we ask them but um the the one question you guys probably have gotten more often uh and the one that we many people sent us is why is this game single player only um, okay, that yeah, you know, obviously that's the most the biggest question we get. What sure. and first and foremost, it's a matter of time and budget. It increases the the complexity a lot to include land play, and um, I'm not sure that land play alone is would be accepted by consumers because then they'd say, well, why don't we have a secure environment in which to play multiplayer with people all over the world? And you know, and right. uh, you know, and that increases the complexity another order of magnitude. And pretty sure soon we're talking about a three year deal and not a eleven month deal and 
people would have two years to wait. So we figured it doesn't take that much. We are going to the MMO. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. So it doesn't take that much time to just do a single-player version first and get everything proven, get the IP out there, sure. and, and make it simple. Single-player version means also we can release the tools, so you're not going to get, you know, no one's going to get cheated. It's a single-player game. Uh, so it let us do that, whereas that becomes more problematic when you're getting to multiplayer. So, you know, it just seemed like the right thing to do. Yeah, and not to not to sound like an apologist, but uh, I have to say, having played through, I think I'm getting close to the end of the game at this point. Um, having played through it, and, and I, and I, you know, I'm certainly among those who would say, in an ideal world, it would be it would be nice if this were a multiplayer game. But it's been interesting playing it single player. I haven't played a game like this single player since Diablo One, basically, which I played before I had a remotely decent internet connection. Um, and it's been interesting playing it that way because it. It does make it almost a totally different game. I mean, Diablo two um, was more almost of a like a sort of social exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the I loved the narrative flow of that game and all that and all that kind of thing. But it does become sort of minimized in the face of you know doing the same quest eighteen times because you're then your friend comes in and he hasn't done that one yet and you both have to do it and then and it's great. I mean, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. But it it has been nice kind of being forced, I guess, for lack of a better word, to experience this playing the game in that light. Sure. And so I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like that it's I don't know. I'm I'm hoping people don't don't because I <laughs> No 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 I feel I, the same way about it. I I it, it also I don't know sort of lends it a more casual tone in the sense that it's a game that I feel like is very low investment. You know, I can just jump sure. into it and just sort of run through a couple of dungeons and not feel like I have to, you know, you don't have to get your crew together. Or, yeah, or yeah, 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 like that, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And you know, and it isn't either or. You know, we are making the MMO right. and we're getting to that. Sure. You know, it's just we're starting with this. And there is something about a single player game too when you're not dealing with a uh, connection to other players that just makes it a little bit snappier. You know, you don't have the, mm. even the, you know, whatever latency. Yeah, or, someone's you know, not you jumping around the screen. Exactly. Or, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's been really good. I, um, I'm curious how you guys ended up with the, with the look that you, that you uh, have in this game, which is a much, it's, it's uh, <laughs> all the stuff that everyone says about Diablo 3. Yeah. Your, your game is sort of a little, little more of actually what they're saying about Diablo 3. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's more colorful. It's a, yeah. a little more exaggerated proportion. Um, I think it works quite well, but I'm, I'm curious, as the guys who made Diablo 1, right. which uh, was probably of all those games the the darkest and the mm. most gothic and sure. the, you know yeah, people, I, naked bodies impaled on stakes right, right. yeah, so, yeah, yeah exactly the, the butcher yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah well if this were Diablo three as a Diablo fan I might be uh, you know disappointed in the stylistic turn too just because of the expectations of the first yeah. Diablos you know it's is it it's weird wh- to say as a Diablo fan? <laughs> like this is the first yeah. Diablo game being made that you haven't made yeah it's the first that- time I get to be the fan and, yeah and and anticipate it yeah so I mean it, it wouldn't really be appropriate for that but that doesn't mean that it's not an appropriate art style for new games and, sure. and different styles it's not Diablo you know it's torchlight and it's it looks cool and it's fun and uh, you know you get into the characters in the world you know on its own merits yeah fair enough yeah and also one of our one of our things was we didn't want to be super realistic because we wanted to aim for a game that runs smoothly on everyone's machines and so we didn't want to have the fancy shaders and all the technological things that increase your production time and budgets and tax people's machines sometimes beyond the ability to play so we Mm -hmm. wanted to you know pick an art style that was uh that was compatible with making a fairly low-tech game and uh, to our art director Jason Beck's credit, you know, it looks fantastic. I think, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it does look really good. And, and yeah. I think it, you know, it benefits by being. It's not a first-person shooter. You're zoomed out mm-hmm. fairly far, and also if you, you know, if you're playing on a PC, obviously you can just have the resolution as high as you want, and it sort of just inherently 
looks nicer, but sure. uh, you actually have a netbook mode. Does that actually work yes. on a netbook for real? Yes. Now, <laughs> it's not something- <laughs> I wanted to test right. this, but my yeah. netbook got stolen, so right. I can't- <laughs> I wouldn't say that it was something that I'd want to be showing at PAX to thousands of passers-by as sure. a representative, but it does play. You'd certainly be able to go on the airplane and play your torchlight, you know, yeah. and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, it does, it does play. And, um, you know, it's, it's not the smoothest, and, and, but it, it's fully playable and, uh, it's still fun. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I like that it's netbook mode and not very low or something like that. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> you don't want to condescend. To yeah, them. yeah, yeah. It's a special mode just for you. <laughs> yeah, right. We made it just for you. Right. <laughs> it was called the worst mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's it's been interesting playing this game because um, it has it has. I don't really know. I mean, you know, like I said when we started when when we started this interview, it, there are relatively few games that come out in the style. I mean, you guys were working on, on Mythos before this at flagship and, uh, and then fate obviously by Travis Baldry. And then there's been like Titan quest and maybe you put sacred in there. I don't know, but it's weird. A few there are, and it, it's amazing how refreshing it feels, I guess, just to be in there doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's cause wow makes so damn much money that, you know, people want to chase that. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm. Just go after yeah. that. You know? yeah, that's, that's fair enough. <laughs> Uh, but but going to back going back to well I guess you guys are making an MO two now so yeah but we're yeah. going to keep it in the torchlight style it'll yeah, be the enough. point and click and, and it'll look and feel like torchlight yeah. and I, I do want to get into that in a little yeah. bit but one thing I'm curious about actually is um, if you don't mind going back in time I guess a little bit to some of the Blizzard North stuff um, sure. I'm curious where Diablo came from uh, you know when we talked about sort of wh- why these games are maybe hard to make or, or what have you but I mean. And, and people often talk about Diablo as a roguelike, mm-hmm. but it, it is, it's sort of its own genre. You know, I yeah. mean, with first person shooters, they made Doom, but every single game now isn't compared to Doom, right? I mean, you can make an RPG, but not every RPG is compared to Wizardry or Ultima or whatever. I mean, you cannot make a game in this style without people saying, well, it's not as yeah. good as Diablo or whatever. I mean, it's, you can't. Yeah, I don't, I don't, certainly graphically, we weren't copying anything when we made Diablo. I'd say structurally, we were copying even like little text-based RPGs like Angband and Moria and things like that mm. from the super yeah, old yeah. school. They had the random dungeons and, and, and loot and stuff. But we really wanted to make a game for our, that, that, that we wanted to play that we didn't feel like people were making. RPGs at the time had kind of devolved into very text-heavy, uh, you know, story-laden, kind of super niche affairs. And really, we just wanted to hit skeletons with clubs and have an item pop off, you know, Sweet. and and use the new graphics powers of computers to uh, display <clears throat> that in all the glory that we could. And so that was really the, you know, the main impetus from it for it is to, you know, use that addictive structure of these old text-based RPGs and, and apply some cool looking graphics to it and get right to the monster killing. You know, that was one of the mandates from day one is, you know, you fire up the game and within a minute or two, you better be hitting a skeleton with a club and finding a cool sword. Yeah. yeah. There yeah, you go. that's I mean, that's fairly straightforward. Yeah. All right, well, cool. That you yeah. did it. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely achieved that action many, many times. Yes. Yeah. Think you're gonna say something? Uh, no, I mean it's something I can we can bring up later. I I don't want to. I think it's time right now. Me. Do it. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I was just you know, MMO stuff. We should we should move on. Oh, okay, sure, stuff, sure. But. Yeah, I um uh, oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, oh, I mean. And then going, you know, obviously going back to that time, you, Nick did an interview recently with Matt Allman, mm-hmm. uh, the, the composer on Diablo and Diablo 2 and, and on Torchlight as well. Um, 
Obviously, the I guess lead designer on this game is Travis. Is that the case? Yeah, I don't would know be, what your structure is. Exactly, we don't really have a title like that, but yeah, sure. it'd, but, be, it'd be fair to say that uh, he kind of he's captains the ship. Got it. Yeah. Um, but you guys do have a fair number of people from the Blizzard North days, mm-hmm. as as far as I'm aware. And and Matt Allman's sort of one of the most, I think, visible or audible. I guess I, he was maybe those. our second or third employee at Blizzard. Oh, was he really at, at, at Condor? Yeah, wow. back in the day. Yeah, like he, beyond so, the principles or yeah, yeah. So he was he's very old school for us. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, what was it like, sort of making a game where he's he's handling that again? I mean, it's got to be kind of uh, cool. It's great, yeah. I mean, when it was just a, a a good convergence of opportunity that he was looking for something when we were looking for uh, sound, and uh, it was great to get the band back together. It kind of feels like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, as, talking about the, the Diablo and how much time I spent in those goddamn games over the years, um, I, I think one of the if if there's anything that I think. I grew up a PC gamer um, primarily, um, and so you know there, the, I have experiences that come from that side going back. But I, I think there are probably very, very few experiences that uh, PC gamers share more than the guitar chords at the beginning of Diablo. Like <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I, I don't know. It's it's yeah. they're seared into our soul, right? Yeah, exactly. I are. think everyone uses the phrase "seared into my mind," "burned into my mind," <laughs> "seared into my brain," like whatever. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. you hear that everywhere. Um, do you feel at all when you're when you're working with with him on this to like you you don't want to just have that again, but you still of course want we want to have that sure. again. Well, <laughs> well, you want to have that reaction again, right? But yeah, I mean, you don't yeah. want to just feel like you're milking the. the oh, maybe you no. do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, we, it's Matt Ullman music, you know, and it's. Sure, it, yeah. I think he's done a great job in the game here, and I think we, in some ways, we use it better than we did in the past. In what uh, sense? You know, situationally, like you know, with mm-hmm. with boss battles coming up, getting special mm. you know music things, and when you beat the boss, you get a special uh, music. Uh, you know, so I think that we've kind of matched it with what's going on, uh, at least as well or better than we have in the past. And uh, if we can get a signature, you know, thing that's seared into our mind out of it, uh, all the better, all the better. Branded sure. into your calf, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your new body part. It's like you know, it's, it's like that, but it's you know, burned yeah. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be yeah. burning <laughs> into a body part. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah That's that seems actually more of a Diablo thing, right? Burning something yeah. into a calf. Yeah. That's maybe yeah. a little more Diablo than torchlight. The wrought iron prod. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but it, Nick and I were before we got started. Before you guys got here, we, Nick and I were talking about the uh, the music, particularly in the in the town. Which I, I, I my assumption is Matt probably spent more time on that than he did any other music in the game because that is going to be the moment when everyone comes in and and your brain starts making that yeah that kind of muscle memory type association. Um, Definitely. But it is interesting. There are a couple moments in there where it's almost directly lifted from Diablo, but then it but then it kind of veers off. It almost it, like the way I was describing it and the way we were We want to pick it, you up where you're comfortable, you know, and right. take you into mm. crazy well, it, places. It feels yeah. to me like it this was music born out of kind of the same like fictional setting as Diablo, except this is sort of the the more rousing adventure or like fairy tale version of it, whereas Diablo was kind of the version where everyone dies. You know, right. like yeah. that <laughs> that was like the, the sort of yeah, totally. sort of like dirge. Right. Whereas this one is, we a get little a little more, more triumphant yeah, uh, right. sounds and yeah. and refrains for sure. <laughs> but it was interesting, P- particularly that track. I it really felt like a a pretty amazing kind of divergence from that, while still while still being familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So good job there. Like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, good job, Matt, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Our, our, this is probably sounds disgusting. I'm just like slobbering all over your game, but I've, I've, I'm really enjoying it. I, I, I was up till like 5 a.m. on Friday night or something playing this stupid yeah. thing. So yeah, nice. Me too. Uh, <laughs> <Good hair. laughs> you know, I don't really feel bad about it. Like if more people buy this game because I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, you sacrifice for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, my sleep schedule has been terrible now. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, although I, there are a couple things I'd, I'd like to ask about because there are a couple things I feel. I either maybe don't understand or, I, or or maybe are like unbalanced a bit. One of the things I'm curious about is in the game, I'm playing as the alchemist right now, mm-hmm. which is the sort of, I guess, the ostensibly magic cl- casting class, although he's not necessarily called, you know, the wizard or, or whatever. Right, you. It's a, with a twist. Yeah. Sure. But I'm finding that at this point, I have a gun that I've been using for a while that all I'm doing basically is pumping enchantments into when I go back to town mm-hmm. to the point where this gun basically rips the shit out of any offensive spell I could yeah. possibly cast. It feels like you guys tuned this game much more around offensive weapons than you did offensive spells. Is that the case? Well, you know, we don't want to take the loot game away. I think that in mm. any RPG, you you risk taking the loot game away from the magic user just because it becomes all about spells and skills. And that kind of takes away a lot of the fun. So, you know, Hopefully you're using some some uh, spells and skills to augment your blasting with your gun, um, and if so, then we're then we're okay still. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a, a desire to to keep a loot game and keep people interested in opening chests and finding items and enchanting them and doing all that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, though, yeah. it does seem like this game has actually more loot in it than Diablo does. Like it seems like the rate of item drops, at, at least that I've experienced, is actually even higher. Uh, which which is which is fun. I I I like it. I mean, I like. I actually like stopping every five minutes and comparing everything I picked up to everything I'm wearing. Right. Um, like that's, that's not actually a negative. Um, but it, it does seem like I'm actually, I guess one of the other questions I was going to ask in sort of as a tale of this, do you guys see yourself doing any post release like balance or, or tweaking? Obviously you have the mod tools and people will be free to do whatever they want with I those. Think, I think we're going to be replacing the notion of the patch with just mods, just, just like everyone else is making. Cause you know, we'll be using the same tool to do it as everyone else. We're going to generate the same kind of files as everyone else. So why not? But you'll you actually know? release stuff yourself. Uh, in all likelihood we will. Yeah. I probably just at first, at least on a super casual basis, like, I was like, sure. Oh my God, we blew it. We made the guns too powerful for the alchemists, obviously. And yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we'll I think, nerf your guns and you'll right. be, have the option of installing that or not. Yeah. Sure. No, I mean, I think it is, I think it is part of it is that they're in this game as compared to Diablo. In Diablo, there are, there are class specific weapons. Right. Where in this game there aren't. I mean, there's sort of like the flavor of it is. Yeah. And there's is, some stat preferences for, you know. Sure. But, but yeah, it's, 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 again, we wanted it to be so that more than one out of every three weapons was even eligible to be cool for you. Yeah. Mm. That sort of thing again. Yeah. Sure. Just keeping it open. Yeah. Mm. I'm curious about the, because uh, obviously, you know, that's, uh, as we were saying, this is a single player game. Mm-hmm. You guys are working in the MMO. I'm curious what that actually means. Like when you say this will be an MMO, I don't actually know. Like, is it, I, I can imagine a few things. I mean, I could imagine a Diablo 2 style thing, which is kind of the least MMO option. I, I could imagine a Guild Wars, mm-hmm. right? You could imagine what, yeah. the World of Warcraft. I mean, I think probably more like mythos if you remember the way mythos was heading um i actually didn't play as much okay. myth i played so, maybe a couple hours so i would say it would have the social structure of a wow mm-hmm. um but the gameplay the camera angle and controls and and gameplay style of of the of torch of the single player game um so it will look a lot like the single player game but you will travel over land areas and go from town to town and see all kinds of other people running around and form parties and guilds and 
you know, all that PVP and all that sort of fun stuff, but it'll all be at the, you know, with the, with the, the gameplay look and feel of the single player game. But I mean, do you see it being heavily instanced or? Yeah. Is how are you right. approaching the so level design? Definitely a mix. Uh, the, uh, usually the overland areas are, are shared giant, you know, acreage areas. And then with dungeons, it's really technologically trivial to distinguish between something that is made for an instance just for your party or something that can be shared by, you know, the first 32 people that go in, the first 200 people that go in, you know, it, it's really uh, just a matter of, of the design of the dungeon and why you're there and what kind of place it is and what you want the experience to be for the player. So it'll be a mix of shared things, instance, uh, you know, kind of larger instance, like maybe at every hundred people you regenerate a new dungeon and it becomes an instance. Um, mm. But who knows, you know, it, it's just a matter of, of what cool things our level designers make and what seems fun while we're playing it. Sure. I mean, are you guys going to be staffing up for that? I mean, as I recall, you're a pretty small team right now. And we're going to stay for, for MMO standards. We're going to stay small, mm-hmm. um, but we're going to aim for efficiency and, uh, you know, and good tools again. Yeah. Uh, you know, get to get a work on, get to work on a terrain editor like right away. Oh, right. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, fill in the gaps of what we don't have that's appropriate for MMO making, but we, we will staff up some too. For sure. Right. For sure. I mean, so this is set in the, the torchlight. We're like, Presumably the ember influence spreads or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Something sure. like that. <laughs> Outdoor and everything is it? Yeah, yeah. And there'll be more towns, and you know, the torchlight is the town, right? Um, and there will be you know different towns and obviously mm. much bigger uh, storylines. And so we'll we'll extend the story, but it'll be in the world of torchlight. Yeah. Yeah. And the plan is is free to play as a as a uh, financial model. Is that correct? Is free that to right? play, free download, and we will sell optional things that you can buy that are going to be so compellingly cool that you'll want to. <laughs> All right, but not so cool that it ruins the game for the free players. You know, right, it's, it's a balance. There. Tough, tough line to walk. Sure, yeah, sure. I mean, do do you think that's something that I mean, it's still something that I I don't know if it's been fully proven in the West, right? I mean, we right. know it's super successful in in Korea, in China. Yep. Uh, do you think people here understand that yet? I th- I'm still uh, not sure yeah. how I feel about it personally, which is one reason I ask. I think that. You know, there's there's no great way to get people to pay for the cost of making these games, um, but this one, in, in our opinion, is is kind of the best because it lets you select like the way you want to be involved with the game. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to just play it and and uh, you know you don't have a lot of money, you can do that. And if you you know want maybe to level a little faster and and you know have things be a little more convenient and you have some money, you can do that. And, you know, we're, we're trying to make cool things, like I say, to buy. Like, in Mythos, we had a great idea for an item, which was a map to a dungeon. And this particular dungeon would have slightly better loot drops and maybe experience gain than the regular one that you would go to. And you would buy a map, and you could bring your whole party with you. So even the guys that didn't play can go and enjoy the benefits of this thing. Right. And you still have to kill the monsters, and you still have to be lucky enough to find stuff. But there's just a little bit better loot drops in there, you know. And that's something that doesn't make it unfair or anything. And it's something that people who can't pay, it's not like they're shut out of it. You just got to be partied with someone who can. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just seems like one of those sensible things. And you go to the dungeon, it's an instance, and you leave, and it's done, and you have to buy another map to do another one. So it just seems like one of those things that, that uh, you know, works for this sort of model. You just got to convince one guy in your party to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys done much, like, hard design of this yet? I mean, do you have, do you have kind of, like, specs? I mean, what... D- no, uh, we've done some. We've done design on it. And we uh-huh. have ideas of where we want to take it and what we want to do. Um, but we've really been concentrating on making this single player version right now. We've do, been doing more technological back end work. Sure, sure. Uh, than we have just straight game design yeah. at this point. I mean, do, do you guys uh, just to, to? I don't know how much you can say about this, but I mean, do you guys have kind of internal targets for kind of what you feel Torchlight needs to do commercially and? 
Can you have any sense of how that's going? I mean, obviously, I'm not asking yeah. for numbers. Yeah, but. no, and and really, no. We it's it's sort of experimental for us. You know, we've this is the first time we've done a straight single player game on the PC ever. Um, it's the first time we've done a straight digital download game. It's the first time we've uh, you know released tools and done twenty dollar thing or something. So it's yeah. it, there's a lot of variables there that we just figure that if it's cool enough, a lot of people will buy it and things will work out for themselves in the end. Yeah, and that's what we're hoping for. We have no idea how it's going to do. I'm I'm curious just because, and anyone who listens to this podcast obviously knows we talk about PC stuff a lot. But I, you know, in addition to obviously, I want people to buy this game because I I think it's really good, and I, I I genuinely hope it succeeds on those merits. I am curious to see how it does as what I see as kind of a mid mid range PC game, mm-hmm. um, which has always been my greatest interest as a gamer. Right. I mean, I love the super indie stuff on the PC. I love, you know, big budget stuff on whatever. I mean, you know, I, I play a lot of, a whole lot of games, but I've, I've always, for whatever reason, for the most part, been most interested in, in the stuff on the PC that comes in the middle where you've got a team that's small enough that you can still call it a small team. Mm-hmm. Right. But you're still doing stuff that isn't purely just two guys like right. in a basement. Like, yeah, that stuff's great too. I just mean. You know, no, there I, is a nice middle ground. I, I, I think that's what we were going for, definitely, yeah. with this project, is kind of having the good balance of an intimate team that everyone... Like, we don't have even cubicles in the office. They're just desks, and so you just, like, turn around and holler at someone. Sure. So, it's small enough that, you know, you can get that real team, uh, you know, atmosphere, but big enough that you can get good production values and have something that, you know, it's going to hold your interest for more than just a, a week or so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I, I'm curious to see how it works out, because I, I feel like that's been less, mm-hmm. I don't know, less represented. Yeah. Recently, like it, it, it seems like the way that that risk averse publishing is gone. You've kind of have to be one or the other, like on the extreme, right? I mean, you've got to convince some publisher that it's worth spending however many tens of millions on your game, or you've you've got to do something where you can like make it in your spare time or or whatever, right? It's right. I don't know. I, I'm I'm I, with you. I think it's underrepresented. I think it's it's where you can do some of the cooler things too, because you can make a, a game that's complex enough to be a real game, um, and you know keep it cheap enough that the it's not going to you know, break the bank of the publisher and be too yeah. risky for him. I mean, why do you think that that's, that's become less uh, common, less noticeable? I think everyone's going for the wow killer, you know, yeah, <laughs> going for sure. the wow money still, you know, yeah. the giant mega hit, you know, that's where the, that's, you know, where the huge money is, I guess. Uh, but it seems to, you know, it seems to us that this is an underrepresented area. And that's kind of what we've you know made our career on is look for what people aren't doing that would be really cool and trying it. Yeah. Do you, do you find that that services like Steam? I mean, do you feel like you guys are getting more visibility by being on stuff like Steam? I mean, do, do you get any tangible sense of that? Oh, definitely. I think that you know a lot of people are going to Steam these days, and uh, we're up there for pre-order. You know, they got our ad running through the rotation, and uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's a great way to buy games. So you're not being exploited by the. Uh- oh heavens no! Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, we do so much better with a download on anyone's site than you do for a box as a as an indie developer. That you know, it's it's great for us. It's it's way you know, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys planning on putting it in a box at some yeah. point? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's that, that's a huge market too. You know, to be in a Walmart and be a you know Christmas purchase. Although we're yeah. putting it out in January, which defeats that idea <laughs> well um, you know but you know it january w- is the new desire i guess quarter one is the new yeah. christmas night. Yeah. <laughs> exactly get those return shoppers oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah so yeah we will be out in the boxes coming in in january and uh you know should be good cool you guys want to move on with some questions nick i don't know if you have anything i'm sorry i've been kind of no yeah this. well yeah <laughs> questions are good right. I'll, I'll spit my stuff off on questions <laughs> uh fair enough and I'll just continue to sit here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's see. We got a bunch of questions. I'll, I will just kind of go through. And some people 
sent like 800 in their email, so I'll <laughs> see if I can just pick a couple. Um, but let's see. So a question for Mr. Schaefer from Game Dreamer. Um, this looks kind of long, but I guess we'll go for it. Mm -hmm. uh, some of my fondest gaming memories involve coming home from school, throwing my backpack on the floor, and jumping onto my computer chair to log into Battle.net. When I was logging in, I would grab a pop soda for all you non-Ohio weirdos from the fridge, turn off the lights, and get lost in Diablo 2. Okay, this is going to be long. <laughs> An hour later, two of my friends would be online, and we'd dungeon crawl for literally the entire night. The next morning, I'd realize I didn't finish any homework, but I didn't care. It was worth it. I kept a little notebook among my class binders with notes that I jotted down the previous night about Diablo, and how to beat certain dudes, or where the best drop locations were, etc. And I would doodle things like weapons and characters, enemies, and of course, cows jumping through portals or exploding. I guess I don't have a question. I just wanted to thank you, Max, for being involved in the development, okay. there you go. development of a game that brought me You're immense welcome. joy <laughs> and really sparked my imagination. Yeah. It has kind of helped me shape myself into the person I am artistically. I'm sure many people will tell you the same thing. It amazes me how Diablo 2 holds up today, and while I don't think about it 24-7 anymore, there's still times every couple of months when I get a really strong urge to start a new character and do it all over again. Take care, thumbs. Um, all right. Well, there you go. Yeah, that wasn't Thank a question, but no, that's great. That, I think that's that worth reading. Great. That sounds like the sort of people that work in our office. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. So, uh, Soren, a question for Max Schaefer. Uh, to be honest, I'd almost forgotten about this game until Idle Thumbs brought it up uh, due to support, and I'm now excited, and I've decided to purchase it off Steam. I'm excited about the editor, and I plan on using it. Um, anyway, I wanted to ask. Is the idea of designing it into an MMO maybe too late at this point? I look at where other games are at this point, Diablo 3 being one of them, and I wonder if you can reach audiences at a time when they would still be interested. I want. I also wanted to ask, since Flagship is in, his, in, is in the past now, could you maybe get into the situation of Hellgate London? Did you have any worries about it before it was released? Also, uh, any thoughts on Bill Roper having worked with them for a while? Signed, Swarm. This okay. guy's going, going straight for the... Yeah. <laughs> Let's take them in reverse order. Sure. Because I only remember the last two. Okay. Um, <laughs> Bill Roper's awesome, great friend, and uh, was wonderful working with him and would, wouldn't hesitate to do so again in the future. Um, Hellgate London, uh, obviously we worried about it. It needed more time and we ran out of money. Very short story. That's the way it went. <laughs> um, and uh, the, what, the first question was... With oh, this was actually to, something I meant to ask and then I yeah, forgot, okay. but it was also it was basically, are you worried that your game's going to be coming out oh. like when Diablo 3 is and you're going to have trouble breaking through that wall? I, uh, is that when Diablo 3 is coming out? We don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to, to work around that yeah. because you know you never sure, know where <laughs> when right. and where. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope, hopefully we've created a, a, a universe in a world that's compelling enough that people will be interested in, in, in its own right. You know, obviously I'll buy Diablo three too, but you know, yeah. part of the whole idea of the, again, going back to the, the free to play free download is that yeah, you you're not stuck into say, one yeah. game, you know, you can play yeah. however many you want. That's true. The, yeah. the action RPG world is big enough for the both of us. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, Clayton Hughes writes, um, all right, this is probably a decent question considering Nick and I are didn't do this at all and Jake didn't say anything. I understand that by revealing this I own up to sucking at having played good video games but as I am someone who's only played a few hours of the first Diablo and none of the second, why does Max think I should care about Torchlight? How will it blow me away? Um, it's getting some buzz so I recognize the name uh, but for the most part I don't know. Keep casting those pods, Clayton. So what would you say to those people? Uh, to, to me. Yeah. Oh, to Jake. Yeah. <laughs> Convince Jake well, whose name yeah. is on this podcast informally video games. Yeah. Erroneously. So. Yeah. Well, first, I, I, oh geez, I don't know. I guess we've, we've, we've spent 15 years trying to make this sort of thing fun. So hopefully it's just, you know, it's just plain fun when you do try it. 
Um, obviously, one of the things we've done is make it 20 bucks, so your your risk is lower than the $60 box that you play twice and don't want to ever play again. Sure. And uh, in case we've gotten any every, anything or everything horribly wrong, we've released the tools so that our community can fix it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, uh, you know, but but basically, hopefully it's just, you know, we've we've crafted a game and a bunch of skills and a bunch of characters and a bunch of environments that we think are really fun to play in. So hopefully that, that carries it. Um, so, uh, Drew writes, uh, please ask Mr. Schaefer if he's excited that in the future game pre- previewers or reviewers might be able to talk about Runic Games, the company that made Torchlight, instead of Runic Games, the company made up of now defunct flagship studios people, Hellgate London snarky comment cartoon Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a yes, game out. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> It can't come soon enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Mike has some questions that are about really specific gameplay things that people probably know by now. Not that the game's out, but um, well, whatever. Can I really can I really trust my pets to sell the items at the store, or is there a chance of them using the money they get to purchase catnip? Will yeah. there be a way to tell if they are embezzling my money? Something like seeing them wearing an Armani collar, which I never <laughs> bought for them, or maybe they'll drop a card to a five star restaurant I've never heard of before. Mike Alonzo, are the pets yeah. trustworthy? Uh, you know, as far as we know, they're trustworthy. All right. But being an animal, you know, they're slightly unpredictable. But now that that idea is out there, hopefully right. someone will be a mod. There's a mod, an undevious cat mod. Yeah. That's what the internet likes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> My pet is embezzling. That's awesome. That would be kind of amazing. <laughs> that actually would be good. Like a yeah, economic right. sort of system in right. the MMO, and yeah, the, you, yeah know, you can't trust bust them. into that. Like I mean, a, didn't you want to roll if your pet turns stuff, dirty? Yeah. Like, <laughs> need a lawyer NPC or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, okay. Well, Ian Dudley, I guess, has a an observation you kind of already stated. He says it seems Hellgate failed because you wanted to do everything MMO DLC multiplayer first person shooter within a small time frame. It looked like you were too ambitious with Torchlight. You seem more humble doing the things you do best and then expanding to other places. Is that why it doesn't have multiplayer? Um, I don't mind not having multiplayer now as we all played Diablo one solo and loved it by best wishes to all wizards and space assholes. So, <laughs> sounds like that's basically what you said. Yeah, pretty much. Um, except for the part about wizards and space assholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a question for Max. He asks some stuff other people already asks, and then he says, Also, did you know the Schaefer's surname comes from the Middle High German Schaefer, meaning shepherd? Say hello to your brother, Tim. Sorry, Glenn. <laughs> did, you, did you know that? I, I did know that. All yes. Right. Shepherd. Oh, well, there you go. Schaefer. And further Schaefer trivia. Yeah. The A-E, from what I understand, is the English spelling for the use of the A with an umlaut. Ah, right. And mm. so we were that close to having an umlaut in our name. And that would have oh, been, man, that that been, been so heavy metal. That would have been yeah, awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. Too bad. Yeah. Uh, you could always change it back. Yeah. <laughs> too uh, hard to type. <laughs> let's see. A lot of people are asking the same questions again. So I'm going to skip these. Oh, here. This, I, actually, this is kind of interesting. Um, question for Max Schaefer. Uh, were there any members on the Diablo 1 or Diablo 2 teams who strongly argued against randomly generated, generating the world monsters and items? And if so, uh, what were their reasons? Uh, that's um, from Stefan. You know, I don't remember any specifically anyone arguing against it. I think that there were valid criticisms of it. And I think that to some extent we've addressed them in Torchlight. And that was that if they're too random, then it ends up looking like sort of an extruded, you know, a crossword puzzle. And mm-hmm. you don't get the carefully architected and, and, you know, handcrafted look and feel of certain areas. And so that's one of the things we've changed for Torchlight is is the random level units are much bigger. We make we make a, a, le- a level out of three or four big mega chunks, 
and there's like 30 or 40 of each of those chunks that we pick from, but the level itself is made up of three or four of these chunks. So you can set up much more, you know, handcrafted situations and spe- you know, like, you know, when you're approaching a boss encounter because things look radically different and you, you know, it, it, it doesn't just look like randomly laid out tiles. Um, and within those big chunks, we're still able to do random things. Like you might have a shrine here. You might not, might have a secret door, might have a certain little uh, encounter that, that, you know, monsters come popping out from behind a door or something. And other times it doesn't. So we can build that sort of like, you know, low level randomness into our chunks as well. But, uh, by making them up of these big, large chunks, we can make really cool looking handcrafted areas. So hopefully we get most of the benefits of doing, you know, uh, handcrafted levels versus random levels. But yeah, I'd say in the Diablo one, Diablo two times that that was a valid criticism of, of some of the random areas. And hopefully we've, we've improved that. Sure. Um, let's see here. Uh, Jenny has 800 trillion questions. I'll probably just pick a couple of them. Um, he has some about the MMO. He says, uh, do you plan to improve on the game engine for the MMO with things like physics or destructible terrain, et cetera? Um, I, there, certainly we may do more interaction with the terrain, but we don't want to do too much with physics or anything that would tax machines beyond people's ability to have it be a smooth experience on their kind of you know regular day-to-day PCs. Fair enough. Uh, he says, can you shed some light on at least a few things the MMO will have different to Torchlight? Um, I'd, I'd say the biggest thing was, you know, you're, you'll see other people, um, and, uh, you know, you have to have a world big enough to fit them. So the, you know, we're definitely going to expand beyond the, you know, hub town and dungeons beneath, uh, structure of Torchlight. So, you know, immediately you'll notice large overland areas and, and different towns and large, you know, vast, uh, you know, land that you have to explore. And, uh, you know, so that makes it a little different than, you know, going into a mountain and finding a source of corruption at the bottom of the mountain, you know, um, so I think that'll be the biggest thing. And again, we want to just keep the, the feel and flavor, but then make a real MMO world out of it. How are you, okay. how are you approaching the, um, the overworld areas? Well, I mean, how are you thinking about it in terms of keeping sort of the immediacy of, of an action RPG within that sort of, you know, expanded territory? Because one of the problems I have playing MMOs is that there are those periods where you're just walking from one point to another. And sometimes it's interesting, but a lot of the times it's like, Oh, I got to walk across the world. There's nothing yeah, going on. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. That's, that, that's a good question because that's one of the big challenges is, is we, we still want to have an MMO that you can play for half an hour before dinner and and that sort of thing. And that's very difficult to do if you're spending your whole time just traversing the land. Um, so we, we will do things like have waypoints and things that get you around the world. You know, it shouldn't be a a navigation chore just because you have a big world. It doesn't mean it should be a navigation chore. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, so. Yeah, you know, it's just going to be a matter of how we design the world. Uh, but we we got a good practice run at it with Mythos and learned a lot of how you get a lot of people in it, it, with this camera angle and this style into a and you know what size your areas should be, how far the between towns and that sort of thing works in this sort of construct. So hopefully we can take the lessons from Mythos and apply them here as well. Cool. And we've got a good partner publisher in Perfect World uh, who has made a lot of really successful MMOs in Asia. And they've got a lot of lessons from that also mm. that they're more than happy to share with us. So. Do you have any thoughts on what direction you might take the, the player economy stuff? I, I just, in terms of, you know, the hubs and, 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 you know, how, 
how player driven you want that to be, how, you know, how much you don't want to confuse the player or maybe, you know. I, I th- well, I think that you got to have, you know, you got to have trade of items. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to have trade of item uh, of items, you may as well make it as easy and, and flexible as possible so that people aren't struggling to do it, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we want it. We want a vigorous player economy. You know, people be able to sell their items in little shops and, you know, all the, the things that real MMOs do. Right. Um, you know, those are not incompatible with what we're doing at all. Okay. You guys gonna get a Stone of Jordan economy? In <laughs> you know what the deal with that was? I yeah, that, damn, that I, caught us by surprise. That, too, that, I have that, to say, <laughs> the whole Stone of Jordan economy in Diablo yeah, two yeah. evolved during one of my yeah. breaks from Diablo two, right? So I right. came back like a year later or something. And yeah, that's that, that a surprise too. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I've right. got this like yeah. you know this armor or whatever I want to trade, and someone's like, oh, I'll give you two yeah. SOJs. Right. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. It's not in the manual. What? Yeah. Yeah, that was, was like incredible. the gold standard or something. It's like, how did that? Yeah, what? But yeah. it was weird. Yeah, that that totally caught us by surprise as well. But I think, you know, it, it economics sort of work themselves out in these games, and uh, it, you know, part of the fun is seeing what kind of unpredictable things happen, and that's really a lot of the fun of MMOs is, you know, unintended consequences and the right. things that mm-hmm. happen with the social interactions and the economy certainly as well. And well, uh, yeah, so something about the Stone of Jordan made it a good currency. You know, we should yeah. we should really study that. Actually, well, I, I love that stuff about MMOs. Yeah. I mean, I, I love when it's when it's open enough to be sort of broken a little bit right. to where things, right. you know that's where I mean? the cool stuff happens for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I personally think a big part of it, even though I think that in that form it was kind of broken and that it basically excluded anyone who who didn't either right. like physically break the game like dupe stuff or right. hadn't been playing for 18 million years but right. i think what there is to learn from it and then i th- that i think really interesting is it really demonstrates how meaningless currency is unless it's relatively fixed right i mean when you've got gold that anyone can get just by farming monsters forever you're inherently we've got essentially a valueless economy right i mean if it's right. if it's infinite uh it doesn't yeah. I mean by the time no one trades gold in an, in anything in an MMO and in, in Diablo. No, it's pointless. Anyone can have as much gold as they want if they just spend enough time. Right. But the interesting thing about the SOJ was there was actual real scarcity to it, and it created right. a semblance of a real world economy. And I, it would be interesting to say. I mean, I don't know what you guys are going to do, but it'd be interesting to right. see that kind of thing. I mean, it would give items, I think, uh, real real value. Yeah, definitely. Can we call you later about that? <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's see what else we have here. Um, let's see. How does it feel? I, I guess we kind of already touched on this, but I, I I'm so interested in all this stuff that I'm going to ask it again. How does it feel to have other people work on Diablo three, a franchise that's been such a big part of your professional life? Is it weird somehow? Are you are you somehow disappointed that they've changed things that the previous thing th- previous team thought was perfect? Who rent? Who was? Uh, uh, this is the same guy. This is oh, Janny. Okay, it's he's just. I'll tell you when we move on because he asks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably stop asking his questions. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's weird and it's kind of cool at the same time because you know someone else is doing all the work, um, <laughs> right. and uh, <laughs> and you know certainly there's there's a, a sense that by the time you're finished making a game, you've really immersed yourself in it for so long that you're ready to do something else, and so it's kind of cool to be able to wait and play it like a player when it comes out and uh, and see all the cool things they've done. Certainly the fact that Blizzard's making it means that it's going to have great production values and have lots of cool things that lots of cool surprises and, uh, and it certainly will be worth, you know, worth your money when it comes out. Um, so yeah, so it is cool. It's a little weird at the same time because someone else has taken it and they're going to do go directions with it that, that, you know, maybe we wouldn't have, but you know, again, who knows? And that's what they should do. You know, the team should be making the game that the team thinks is the coolest possible Diablo three. And, uh, and I think that's what they're doing. And from little glimpses we've seen, uh, uh, it, it, they're doing a great job so far. Yeah. 
It was definitely weird at PAX, though. You know, you could from yeah, our right. booth, you could actually yeah. kind of see some of the <laughs> yeah. Diablo three signs over in the corner, right? And uh, yeah, but yeah, it was it's it's interesting. <laughs> Were there any any? I remember hearing years ago about you know the version of Diablo three that Blizzard North was making, mm-hmm. and that it was just like intensely crazy and extremely like violent or lewd or just no. like I mean, are there any? I, that's new. No, it it was. No, I don't. No, I don't think so. I don't, wow. No, I didn't expect I that, know, I was, that either. I forget. Yeah, you heard that too. Yeah. No, I had. Oh, you had no, no one else. Heard heard no, 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 I forget who it was that. who told me this, but it, that would have been cool. Though. It was your dream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I just. I no, remember hearing good. that it was just a very, a very sort of bizarre um, thing. I don't know. It may have been bizarre, but I, I, I yeah, we were we were making. Uh, what we thought should be Diablo three, and mm-hmm. it, I think it was very faithful to Diablo. So I, it, it was, certainly wasn't a radical departure from okay. what had come previously. Obviously, it was three D, and so that right. opened up a whole lot of stuff. And um, but yeah, that was a long time ago now. <laughs> so you left in what two thousand three, as I recall. Uh, yeah, I think it was two thousand three. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess they've been making it ever since. Yeah, yeah, I guess though, you know, we when the team was gutted up in Blizzard North, it, you know, bringing it, bringing it down south, yeah, yeah. sets you back a little, right? That's, right. That's what, yeah. yeah. I think they probably started over a couple times. Pretty much. Point. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, how does the here? This is kind of interesting. How does the uh, atmosphere at Runic differ from the one when working on Hellgate uh, and uh, Mythos? Um, well, it's the same team that was working on Mythos, so right. uh, it it is a lot the same. <laughs> it's the same guys, literally. Sure. <laughs> um, so, you know, and, and it was part of the, the attractiveness of that working on mythos for, you know, I did that for a year and a half before we, uh, flagship closed down and it was great. You know, the, the, the si- and it all comes down to size, you know, it our flagship had, you know, over a hundred people and, uh, it was a big company and it's just much more fun in my opinion to make a game with a small team. And so it was, uh, you know, it was definitely something we wanted to aim for. And restarting out of the ashes is is let's let's go for that you know that that sweet spot in size, which you know in my opinion is a team you know not going too much beyond forty. Yeah, there you go. How, how big is is uh, Runic? We're about uh, twenty six or twenty seven right now. Okay, and like I say, we'll staff up a little. Right, stay under forty, hopefully. Sure. Hmm. Um, I'll probably move on to someone else because that guy still has more questions. There were um, good questions. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Thanks, that guy. <laughs> Let's see. Or actually, that, that actually, I might actually ask more because I think I put this guy's one last because he asked so many freaking questions. Right. Um, <laughs> are you excited about Diablo three? Do you think they'll send you a free copy? <laughs> I mean, you've already answered if you're excited, but I'll trade him a think I'll trade him a torchlight. There you go. <laughs> and yes, and an SOJ. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. Uh, let's see. Um. Uh, some of these we already asked, actually. Uh, he says, I guess to continue off the, off the previous question, um, what's a typical day at Runic Games like? I mean, what do you do, for example, on a, on a day-to-day basis? Uh, it, it changes over the course of a project for me because um, I deal with a lot of the business angle and, and relations with the publisher. And, and now, like I said, when I came in, it's you know frantically making sure our licenses are in order and right. all the contracts are signed and we can actually start to sell a product. Um but uh, you know, a typical day in the office is is you know a bunch of guys working really hard. You know, it's 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 a it's a very tight team. Again, it's the, the size is small enough that you see everyone every day and you talk to everyone every day. And you know, so it's like one team. It's not groups that are kind of form clicks and things like that. Um, but it's 
it's a very it's a very unique team and how hard they work and uh, I think the, the you know certainly Travis is the is the leader on that and people look to him as an ex- you know he he leads by example not by yelling or anything like that and he, should, just, he shouldn't just yell just yeah, go yeah, for just, it just yeah lay into him and no it's it, it you know he works so darn hard that everyone wants to kind of keep up with him and it it's just a great team to work with. Mm. I, I remember this is again switching back to Blizzard North, but I was reading. I somehow the other day I don't remember how I found this, but I was reading an article that was in Time Magazine from like 1999 or something, written by I guess a childhood friend of yours who mm-hmm. who had was describing what the kind of atmosphere was like at, at Blizzard North at the time leading up to the release of Diablo 2, mm-hmm. and he was saying that 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 company was largely made up of other childhood friends of yours and just kind of people that you guys had known. And we actually uh, people listening to the podcast, we actually have. Uh, Eric, Max's brother, sitting on a couch over, not, not speaking to him once, so he's here too, but um, those you two guys started the company along with, um, is it Dave Brevik? Dave Brevik, Dave, yes. Yeah, and then, I mean, did you guys just kind of think, I, I, let's start a game company? I mean, what? Yeah, and it, well, kind of, yeah. I mean, it was it was at a time where you only needed a few guys to make a game, and, uh, you know, we, we cut our teeth on some Game Boy stuff and uh, Sega Genesis game. Uh, it was a Street Fighter clone. Justice League, yeah. Justice League Task Force. And um, I have nightmares about animating those giant sprites still, <laughs> pixel by pixel in D-Paint. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely sears into your brain like the Diablo song. Um, <laughs> That's a worse, maybe a yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, it got to the point where we had our little company, and all of a sudden we realized someone should probably be keeping some books and keeping track of money and stuff. And so, you know, we call up our That's friend amazing. who can you do could, that. You, you could know? get, a like, a publishing deal for a licensed product and then after that, decide someone should keep like that's so <laughs> preposterously far from how anything could conceivably work now. That's kind of hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> like you know that you were working with what the DC license, DC license, like, justly. It was it was it was even weirder than that. that. We, our publisher gave us a, a, a list of games that we could choose which one we wanted to make, uh-huh. and I think one of them was the Aerosmith game. And nice. It really wasn't. That was really like an Aerosmith game. I, like, I, well, I think okay, I, that just, game came out, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember, well, they, it was. Yeah. Like, I think it was like a couple years later that yeah. one came out, but it was like, well, what would that be? They, they said, I don't know, an Aerosmith game. Well, it was like yeah. every other thing. It's a, what a side scroller, and then you right. go right, right. And, like it's a Michael Jackson game. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, Scooby Doo was one of the one of the choices, yeah. and that would have been kind of cool, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Justice League Task Force, like at least you, you know, they knew what they want. It, it was a, you could see the game there and uh, and DC license, yeah. But yeah, now that would be a pretty hot license these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Incidentally, incidentally, making that game was how we met the Blizzard guys because oh, really? they right. were tasked by the same publisher to make the Super Nintendo version. Oh, and why they had two different teams and they didn't put us in touch at all. You know, so we didn't share any resources <laughs> right. between the two. Yeah, it used to happen a lot. Yeah, they were yeah. both. I mean, they were both like Street Fighter clones, basically. Right. Um, but they looked completely different you know, yeah. and had different. And we met them at a Las Vegas CES one year, and we're like, "Hey, you guys are this Nintendo guys." <laughs> <laughs> that's super that's weird. really yeah, weird. It was yeah. totally weird. Only yours had had Matt Ullman. Yeah, speaking in the voiceover. In the that's interview. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was production values, baby. Yeah, yeah. man, that, that's amazing though. That's a, that's it, an incredible connection. I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's how we met the Blizzard guys, and and ended up you know pitching them on our cool new PC idea, which was Diablo. Yeah, that's Figure. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, was good, Matt was telling me about um, coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an NFL game you guys were working on too. He said it was yeah. pretty ambitious. Well, what? Well, we were we were yeah. Well. We signed to do the Diablo with Blizzard. Right. And, you know, bless their hearts, they, they gave us $300,000 to make Diablo, you know, which was obviously not going to be enough. And, <laughs> and so we, you know, we had to fund the company a little bit in another way. So we made a, a football game for 3DO for their upcoming, unannounced, you know, unreleased 
uh, machine called the M2. Mm. And so it was their new machine that was going to come out. Um, and so that was a pretty lucrative contract to make that game. And so we had a few guys working on that and a lot of guys working on Diablo. Right. And uh, so we were. <laughs> that's the way yeah. that happens. That might and, still occur. And once in a while, yeah. I can. It's been long enough. I think the statute of limitations is over on that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but no, the 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 the, <laughs> the football game was actually turning out pretty good. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, we were. I, w- I was working on that actually a lot of the time, and it was coming out pretty good. And I think uh, we heard that 3DO was using it to pitch the machine when they were trying to sell the technology off, which they did oh, successfully, okay. uh, and that it, the machine never happened. Um, right. again, one of those good coincidences is that right when Blizzard wanted to buy us, uh, 3DO said, we don't want to do this anymore. And mm-hmm. so, so you have no other responsibilities. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, but actually it was pretty fun. I mean, it was coming along pretty well. <laughs> was it, I mean, in what, I mean, was it basically like a football game? I mean, was yeah, it was some a, crazy, it was, yeah. like skeleton killer. No, we were, it was going to be more of a, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't going to be a hardcore simulation football uh-huh. game. It was going to be more a little like a backyard football okay, sort, yeah. of, sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. A little more fun cool. to play. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Are, are you are you playing anything right now? Or are you just? I mean, I I, I play Wordle on my iPhone mostly. Nice. Yeah. I play that more yeah. than anything else on my iPhone. Yeah. I don't play anything yeah. really on my iPhone yeah. except yeah. that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Words are fun. Yeah. I'm playing Bookworm Adventures uh, on my and PC and a Sudoku too. once in a while as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just got to keep the mind working. Yeah. Sure. No, but we've been pretty immersed in, sure in Torchlight right. for a while now. Yeah. yeah. What immersed, to get to immersed in torchlight. Immersed, yeah. It sounds nice. That, that it's bur- a good it name, burns, by the way. Actually, what's that? <laughs> it burns. It burns, right? <laughs> it burns into you, yeah, right. But no, it's it is a good name. It's Thanks. there are very very hard to name a game. Yeah, no, I mean yeah. there are not very yeah. many games named well. Yeah, I mean Diablo also pretty much nailed it. I mean, it, it, it doesn't make know. any sense at all. Why would it? You use the you know Italian Spanish word for devil to describe an you know, it's Irish very countryside, malevolent yeah. sounding. Right? It is. Yeah, yeah. No, it somehow worked out. Yeah. Yeah, that was a flash. That, that was David Brevik's, yeah. to his credit. Yeah, he I mean, just, he's got his best hour, uh, best ideas in the shower in the morning, and he came in one day, and it's like, we will call it Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> was that before there was a monster in it called Diablo? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So that's the same as Torchlight, right? I mean, yeah. Torchlight is makes more sense as the name of the game than it does the name of the town, right? It's yeah. like, it's worth naming the town that so that you get to name the Some, game yeah, that. It, it makes right? sense. I, yeah, exactly. And it <laughs> yeah. was named, uh, the, the game was named before the town was I assume that was yeah, the yeah. case. Yeah, right. Because yeah. they, you know, I mean, that speaks so much to the underground kind of just, I don't know. It's got, a, it's a very evocative, it's a very evocative. But no, it was, mm-hmm. it was very, I mean, we, we've had lists of hundreds and hundreds of names that, you know, people in the company were compiling and we'd vote and we'd get it down to, you know, the final 64 and, you know, we'd whittle it down and then we didn't use any of those. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. Well, I thought yeah. it was that when it comes in four days later, I was like, oh, Torchlight. Torchlight. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Good I think uh, we didn't settle on yeah. one of those other names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of them were taken anyway. Uh, yeah. So this is, um, I, I want to ask about, uh, this is just me asking random crap that I keep remembering now that I have someone who made Diablo in front of me. Um, in Torchlight, you, you're using the sort of um, Diablo 1-like structure mm-hmm. uh, where you, you're sort of burrowing down ever further into this, right. this like corrupted corrupted land, which is which is a really cool thing. But in Diablo 2, um, uses an entirely different structure mm-hmm. that I find really interesting. And I, I was wondering if there was someone who sort of conceived this. Um, one of my favorite things Diablo 2 does that that almost no other game that, that I know of does uh, is the actual surface level plot of the game is not about your character. I mean, the, it's about another mm-hmm. character that you you are following in parallel. There's sort of a time lapse 
uh, sort of narrative thing going on in that game. And it, it allows the cinematics to depict something that is different from what you're doing. So kind you of don't happening have that in advance disassociation. Or, or, yeah, disassociated right. from, yeah. And it's, and I, I find that really interesting. And I think it's one of the, the most successful, honestly, like I really think it's one of the most successful game narrative devices ever because one, it doesn't require you to pay any attention to them if you don't want to. I mean, if you're, you can skip them all and have an equally enjoyable time. And if right. you are interesting, right. interested in it, it provides this entire other level where little, the little ties in with the wanderer who kind of scuttles off the screen and it right. ties in with the original characters from Diablo one in their, their Nick and I were talking right. about that today. Right. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's actually pretty masterful in that respect. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious how that. Uh, well, we got a lot of help from Blizzard South with that, actually. I mean, uh-huh. You'll notice it's also a storyline that can be made totally apart from the actual construction of the right, game and the exactly. cool levels that you right. go to right, and, right, right, right. almost with wanton disregard for the right. you know the, the game itself, mm-hmm. um, which was convenient because it could be done with help right. from guys down well, south. And, and <laughs> it's the same reason you don't have to pay attention to it if you don't want to. Right, exactly. Exactly. No, it worked out. It worked out great. I think I, Chris Metz and Eric was the main uh, 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 inspiration there, so props to him for sure. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, good job pulling that all together. I, yeah, I, I I talk about that all the time with people because I'm so, I, I still feel like that's such a missed opportunity that other games could do mm-hmm. and just and just don't. And I, I think it's really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it's if it's done, it's usually a cutscene that's depicting something that is going on uh, parallel to what you're doing, but but also in reaction to what you're doing rather than just well, a right. I mean, separate story. Almost yeah. every game cutscene is in yeah, reaction yeah. to what you're doing. Yeah. And I, I like that the Diablo 2 story keeps chugging along. Like, I yeah, mean, right. it, it matters that you're there because you're reacting to this thing, but it's not reacting to you. I mean, it's right, just right. this guy right. it's who's doing this thing and he's going to do it. And, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. you've, you've got to sort of pick up the pieces, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. That's very cool. I don't know how much longer we should go on. It's late at night and we're keeping it here. I don't know if, Nick, you had any other questions? Or? Uh, n- nothing crazy major. No. Uh-huh. Jake wanted to say a thing. I got so much to say. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that I've just sat here next to you yeah, listening. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Thanks so much for coming out. Hey, thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you, guys. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. Very enjoyable. I like to, like to sit around and talk games for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Best of luck with Torchlight. Everyone, everyone yes. should buy Torchlight. They should. I really honestly believe that. You should buy this game. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, we will. Uh, Thanks for sitting on the couch over there. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Cool. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Thanks. Yeah, that Diablo story was just an amazing coincidence that it kind of fell together and worked out so well. At times, we were thinking the Blizzard film department down south w- would send us these movies. We like what the hell nothing to do with our game at all. But then it was like cocktail dwarf was running through the scene. Right. Right. Yeah. What was that? Cocktail midgets. We had to have those. And pe- some movie. people in the company at Blizzard North were kind of pissed. They were like, "Why aren't they making more?" Like, more oh, yeah, but, yeah. but like you say, it was perfect because it like. It didn't interfere with your game at all. There's nothing you could do that would ruin the story. The story wasn't right. constraining well, you into doing you things that were done. The problem yeah. where the cocktail dwarf in the cutscene looks better than the cocktail dwarf in the game because there isn't, you know, what I mean, right, like, right. one there. Yeah, it's no, not yeah. the, the biggest problem with with cutscenes that are simply like interstitial to what you're doing is that they, they you, all of a sudden your guide is a kickflip or something, and it's like, well, I can't do <laughs> yeah. that. Like, what? Yeah. That sucks. Like, what do you mean? My character can't do that. Yeah, There's no button that's for way it. way cooler in the game yeah. itself. Yeah. No. But you don't have that problem when it's just different characters. I, yeah. I find that very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it kind out. of a happy coincidence, and everybody was happy in the, in the long run, but... Yeah. Uh, well, they were, well, really, they were also really good. So everyone's first reaction was, well, that looks cool, and then the second <laughs> one, what does that have yeah. to do with our game? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember the first time I saw that, 
the Diablo 2 trailer, right? I mean, it was just like, Jesus Christ! I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. With, like, the, the flames yeah. and the skeletons. And no, that was the Diablo 1 trailer I'm thinking of, actually. God, that was yeah. a long time I mixed ago. them up in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. well, there was the one that was just Diablo like the, the yeah. like you know the Dutch angle and the skeletons coming yeah. in. Yeah, right, that's yeah. that was the other one. Also done pretty much after we were done with the game, they threw a bunch of stuff together at the last right. minute. Yeah, but it helps sell the scene again. Sell the mood, basically. Yeah, yeah. No Cinemax this time. Yeah, and nothing, we're stripped down to the bone yeah. on this guy. Yeah. We, 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 we yeah. narrow the screen a little for our cinematic sequences in game right. and <laughs> pretend <laughs> it's a movie. That first. So it's so funny how much of a standard that's become. I always think of Zelda 64 for that, but someone probably did it before that. Mm. I mean, that's, that was a good, that's a good example. That is a good example. Yeah. Some of the Final Fantasies did that. Making that camera noise. You know, yeah, it's Zelda whenever you like crawl into yeah, the tunnel yeah. and it goes, Beep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that means I can't do anything. <laughs> Watch it happen now. Yeah. Take a sip of the drink. Yeah. I've never seen a podcast happen before, so it's kind of Oh, really? Well, there you go. <laughs> I do both. Most, most, uh, <laughs> yeah. most people don't actually ever see Eric, so this is a rare... I'm in a dark room. We do you up. believe he exists? prove that we did this a quick camera picture. We use our best, yes, best photographic equipment here. Probably not an average broadcast. Yeah. So. No, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> so just the two of you guys and me in this. <laughs> <laughs> and the four of you guys instead. Video game. So how is this for a neighborhood to live in? It's kind of scary out there sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's, oh, yeah, it's all right. It depends which way you walk, right? I mean, if you go in <laughs> <you know, laughs> the it's which, like... Which direction you choose to yeah. walk 15 feet. If it's right. like, you can go down Hay Street and then it's like, Hayes Valley, wow. nice shops yeah, and yeah. restaurants and antiques and restaurants. Yeah, and then you walk the other direction, and it's like Market Street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, that's all we got, yeah. bums. <laughs> um, but I know I'm fine. 